<laughs> she starts checking her chichis. <laughs> you gotta look cute. For TikTok. What's up, everybody? This is Sassy and Mickey, and you're listening to Real Exotic Conversations. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October, we have a very special guest. We have my mother, JJ. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So today we are going to speak about your breast cancer experience and, you know, we want to spread awareness on that and, you know, even though if you are a man, it still can, you know. Affect you. Yeah, for sure. Because you may have a wife, a girlfriend, you know, a family member. Or your own mother. Yeah. Can Um, also get it, so. We just want to spread awareness. Our first question is, when did you find out you had breast cancer and what was your reaction? I was diagnosed with breast cancer in March of 2020. It's kind of a long story, um, but a long story short, this was two years ago, so I was 47, 48 years old. I was going religiously to get my mammograms done since the age of 40. And they always told me that I had dense breasts. I think that I should have pushed further with my doctor to be able to get some kind of testing done because I really didn't know what dense breasts were and how my mammogram wouldn't show show up with anything. Anywho, I was going religiously since the age of 40. At the age of 47, one night me and my boyfriend were watching a movie and he put his arm around my, my neck and he started feeling around my armpit area and felt a lump. And he says, look at you have a piece of cancer right there. And I said, oh my gosh, shut up. Oh Just hearing the word, the C word was really freaking me out. Yeah. So I said, you know what, in a couple months I have to go. I have to go get my mammogram done anyway, so I'll just follow up then. But I didn't. It is no pain, no nothing. I did feel it. It felt like a like a piece of like a marble, like a flat marble. And then I started noticing that every time I would have my period, I would start getting like little pokey sensations in that area. But again, I ignored it. I was gonna go to my mammogram. So I went ahead and I went my. I had my appointment my mammogram done and the doctor said okay you're free to go and I said wait a minute what is this lump right here it's by my armpit did you get a a picture of that he's like hmm no I we didn't let me take more more tests so, so he got so with the mammogram <clears throat> that you did it was just the the touching right that no they the, feel mam- it? the mammogram is an actual imaging through a, oh, a machine okay. oh the one that like smushes the breast yes. yeah yes so uh, when I showed my doc the doctor uh, the lump and he touched it he's like let me do another image so he came in and and touched it and, and took out like a little ultrasound machine he's like yeah you know what i do see something we're gonna schedule you for a biopsy i said okay he's like don't for but don't worry because 80 percent of women with you know they're just benign they're cysts so they they'll be able to take it out no problem i was really confident i said okay you know there's a lot of cysts that run in our family right mm-hmm. So a couple weeks later, I go get my biopsy done. It was horrific. They put that needle, a machine with a long needle in there, and you could hear like a clap every time they squeeze it to get a piece of tissue. So again, don't forget, only 80% of women. Was that painful <clears throat> when you? Uh, then they numb you. Okay. It was more my nerves. That, mm. that, that just made it scary. But and again, this is this happened how many weeks after? A couple of weeks. Two okay. weeks after after he he felt it and said, "Yeah, let's let's 
let's do more imaging. Okay. So I was again confident though because the doctor was reminding me that 80% of women, they were their majority cis. So I walk out of there confident that they were going to give me a call and say it's a cyst. So one week comes goes by, no call. Two weeks go by, no call. Three weeks go by, no call. And usually when you get bad news, it's like right away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, no call, good news. Good news, yeah. Bad call, you know, they give you a call right away. So um, all of my coworkers were like, Janelle, what happened? Janelle, what happened? Janelle, what happened? And I'm like, no call, no call. They're like, you know what? You should give them a call. I said, you know what? I should. So I went and I called. And they said, you know what? Um, we apologize. We haven't, we haven't finished the testing yet, but we're going to send it to your doctor right away. Which I saw when I, which I thought was pretty odd. They could have just told me right then and there, you know, it's negative or whatever. So then they send it to my doctor. Then my doctor calls me and says, Jeanette, is it okay if we do a video call? And I said, well, what can you just, again, you know, tell me over the phone? And, no, we have to do this over video. And this is around COVID, so you <coughs> couldn't even yes, go in person, which is Actually, this even is more. right before COVID. COVID was just, like, starting. starting in the news, but nothing was being done anyways at the time. So then I get a call from my doctor, and then she's like, Jeanette, are you sitting down? Are you by yourself in a room? I said, yes, yes. She's like, well, are you on birth control? That's the first question she asked me, and I said, no, I'm not. I had my tubes tied a couple of years ago. She's like, hmm, well, I'm sorry to give you a call to let you know that you have breast cancer. Oh, my gosh. And I was at work, and I, was, I, I didn't know how to react because people are around. And how do you react to that news? So I start crying. She said, well, but don't, but don't worry because there's a, a high percentage cure rate of this, and you might be a stage zero. I said, okay, so I got confident again. It's a stage zero, nothing's going to happen, it's early. So she said, uh, we're going to refer you to, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what medical facilities I, I went to. Yeah, I went to Sharp Hospital. And they were going to do more studies. I went to go visit the oncologist. And that's where she was giving me the different options of what, of what was going to happen. The different treatments. The different treatments, the staging, what does this mean, what does that mean. And what stage were you in? So the doctor said that according to the testing, she was hoping that it would be a stage zero. Now, a stage zero means that there's a little tumor inside a little, your milk duct. And it still hasn't spread. It's still inside the duct. And they're able just to go to get in there and take it out. Just surgery. Just the, surgery, simple, easy, and that's that. For that surgery, would it be like taking out the nipple and all of that stuff? No, or is it just, it's just, the just taking the out actual, the tumor? Just taking out the tumor. Okay. At stage zero and stage one. Mm -hmm. Then she explained to me if it's a stage two, it means that it has broken outside of the milk duct and it's spread. If it's a stage three, it's the same thing. If it's a stage four, well, forget about it. But anyway, she was really assuring me that it's, it's it might be a stage zero, might be a stage one. We have to do further tests. I said, okay. I, again, I felt confident. They did further testing. Another biopsy came back. I got I received a letter through the mail, and they said that, that I had breast cancer on my right breast. Lo and behold, it was not my right. It was my left. Oh, wow. So they messed up with So that? they messed up on the diagnosis side. Up. Yes. I was. That was a sign for me to change health system, so I decided to, to switch to the script system. My boyfriend was Robert, mm -hmm. was watching Beto. a... Yes, Beto was watching a commercial, and he has said that the script system, um, they had, they specialize in breast cancer, how they had a breast cancer center. So I said, you know what, that's a, that's a sign. So I went ahead and I made an appointment at the script system. 
And did they say anything different to you? So when I went to the script system, they were a lot more professional. They had everything more, you know, their ducks on a row. Uh, it was really nice. I got to meet my oncologist. I got to meet my radiologist. I got to meet my surgeon. I didn't even know. I mean, they were, like, prepared all in one day. They were, it was really nice. And with the previous one, it was with just like you were one, just left in the dark. Exactly. I still had a lot didn't of questions. Even know. Yeah. Right? So I met the team, and it was really nice. They were very welcoming, and they said they were explaining to me how they were going to do redo all the testing again that they did at Sharp just to make sure that they had everything and I explained to them what had happened at Sharp so they were like oh, we're, you know I'm sorry that happened we were gonna we're gonna do the best we can to to make this right so lo and behold they went ahead and they did my testing it came back as a stage 2b so I said well what does that mean and they said well that means that you're gonna have to have chemo surgery and radiation the biggest fear that I had on this process was the word chemo I was really hoping and praying that it would be just a stage zero or a stage one with no chemo, with no radiation like just they like had initially, ex exactly mm -hmm. like they had initially told me. Yeah. So that was the start of my journey. Again, the word chemo, I did, just didn't know what to expect with that word. I remember coming home, I'm sorry, I remember getting that word chemo and I was just sitting in the car for a long time just crying and crying. I said, oh my God, what does this mean? What's going to happen to me? Now you have to remember in our family, we had someone with lung cancer for a very long time for your, I don't know, how many years? Mickey. Mickey, for how many years, Mickey? Of lung cancer? Oh, lung cancer. Oh, for probably like five years, ten yes, years? Yes, we had already a relative that was going going through chemo and he was a very strong person but I do remember him losing his hair and yeah. me being a female of course we don't want to lose our hair yeah that's number I one think, I think that was like the toughest moment me being your daughter and just like when you were losing your hair during chemo and when you just were like let me just shave it all off like I don't even want to go through this anymore like the consistency in your hair changed yes. and I remember you screaming when Bethel was shaving your head and that was like a scream I've never heard before and it was just something it was it was really tough seeing what do you think caused this i have asked everybody under the sun i've asked my oncologist my surgeon radiologist people that have been through this journey as well as i have and nobody seems to have the answer now i do have my personal theory and what I do you think, think that is i think it's either two things it's either that i was on birth control for so many years or it was caused by stress um, I do remember watching a show with Oprah, I believe, and Oprah had said that stress was cancer-causing. So who knows? I, 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 you know, I just can't believe we're here sitting in 2022 and all of these donations that people have given, all of this awareness that we have been uh, given as a community, and still there's no cure. You know, a lot of people seem to think that it's just a money-making disease. The pharmaceuticals are, you know, they collect money, the doctors, and it's just a money-making disease, and maybe they don't want to find a cure i have no idea these are just theories that i'm just thinking about but up to today is really unfortunate that us women that have gone through this journey that we from now on have to live for the rest of our lives in fear that this disease is going to come back yes and you're in two-year remission remission means that you're not fully cured like it can come back right that's, that's correct 
So, so when I went through my first chemotherapy appointment, well, first of my first surgery was they put this little device on my chest so they'd be able to. It's called a port. They're able to to connect you to the chemo machine, just a lot easier. Is this the first treatment after getting diagnosed? Yes, this is my actual first first so, treatment. Okay, so you start with chemo, chemo first. Yes. So before starting chemo, you get this port. Yes. Onto your chest. Yes. And how is that? Like, was that can you painful? explain? Can you explain like how does it look? How does it feel? So I had to actually get a, a actual get put get put down and get an actual surgery for it. I really didn't know what this part was going to be like. And they place it under your skin and it connects to your main artery on your neck. And I have this scar on my neck. Um, it's a I call it a battle scar. It, it is a me, battle scar. It reminds me every day of my battle. So it connects you to your main artery to your heart. So whenever they pump, they click on click on it with the actual chemo goes directly through your veins. Uh, I did go to my, I remember it was uh, Cinco de Mayo, my first appointment for my chemotherapy. I went in there all bad thinking, oh, this, I got this. This is ain't going to be nothing. I could do this. But I remember somebody had, gangster. Yes, <laughs> someone had told me, an actual relative had told me that when you sit on the chair, just remember, just think of that medication going into your body and just thinking like it's a white light and it's just going through your body and it's cleaning you out. So I yeah. remember doing that and Cause just the praying. power of your mind. Your mind is so powerful that right. like if you're thinking that it's gonna cure you, if you're thinking positivity, it's it's gonna happen. If you're thinking fear and you're thinking you're gonna die and you know, like scaring yourself during this time, it, it can really affect you. Absolutely. So I'm proud that you that you did that. Yes, I do remember going in there. And um, yeah, the positivity. I was really trying really hard. It's, it's. I have to tell you, it's really hard. Yeah, it's easy to say, but it's it's hard to do to sit in that actual chair and not being able. By this time in May, now COVID is full blown. Mm-hmm. So now no visitors could go with you. Now I had to go do this by my, on my own. Uh, I was sitting there by myself, and they give you, they gave me two chemo medicines. One is called the AC, and the other one's called the Taxol. The AC, it's a red bag, and the people were calling it the red double because of how horrible it makes you feel. I think my first dose, you know, was I remember walking out of there thinking, oh, you know, it wasn't so bad. I remember, I don't remember if you picked me up or I don't know who it was, but you were the one who picked me up the most Mm -hmm. from my uh, chemotherapies. And I get home, and I'm just feeling really tired. They they gave you, like, a little care package. They they gave me a very nice care package Mm -hmm. with, like, uh, slippers and blankets all the all the accessories that you need with chemo because i mean your body is just it's like i don't want to say it's killing you but it's actually a poison yeah it really is a poison that goes through your body and kills good cells and bad cells yeah so and what was in can you explain what was in the little care package and for what like why would you need those it was just a a welcoming package you know like they give it to every new uh, chemo patient but it had like socks in there because you get cold Yes, it has a blanket, it had lip gloss, it had little lotion. Because you do get really dry, chapped lips yes. during chemo. Could, they give you magazines so you could relax and just, it was just a really nice care package. Um, yes, I remember going home that first day and it just felt really tired. And a couple of days later, I start noticing 
my hair falling, like hair on my pillow. And I said, oh my God, and the texture was really changing. Like it was like, like knots. Mats. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. really, it was horrible. So I said, you know what? I think, I think I just, this is a sign that I have to shave my head. And that's when I believe we had a, 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 a friend there at the house. And um, I just said, you might just do it. So Beto went ahead and grabbed grabbed the what is it the the clippers the clip. and started buzzing my hair and I was just that's when you heard me scream and I was yeah. you know I was just really sad and I just and I he's like it's, it's okay it. he's like look I'm gonna do it too and, and then, then he, he just started it. shaving his yeah. head and I'm like oh my god you know I just and on, honestly I wanted to do it too but you told me not to no I told you not to because yeah. looking at you with your long hair it would just remind me more yeah I remember you telling me that so I shaved my head and I think a couple of days after I went in for my second and then after my second then i really did start feeling the chemo effects so, and it was really bad so what were like the side effects of the chemo everything under the sun there was a lady that had that had the same type of uh cancer and staging as i did and she told me you're gonna feel this 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 and that and everything she told me to the t i got my eyes were dry my mouth was dry i was getting mouth sores uh i could smell the carpet like if my nose was right next to the carpet wow. as soon as i woke up to the time i went to sleep i could smell the the dirtiness of carpet um i was itchy I was sleepy. I was tired. I was nauseated. Everything. I couldn't smell any food because I wanted to throw up. Um, and you couldn't eat either. I couldn't like, eat. We, we, I had to make you like smoothies and soups and just like very light foods. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, they say you can't have sex. During the first four or five days because... Oh. Because of the chemo medicine, it's 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 kind of like gets out of your pores, and of course your mm -hmm. vagina is yeah. one of those, mm -hmm. you know, those things that we secrete um, fluid, fluid, body fluid. Mm -hmm. So you're not able to have sex. Uh, it, your vagina gets really dry. Um, my, I have no hair. I couldn't recognize myself. I lost twenty something pounds. I was, I felt like like a leukemia patient. Yeah. I would go places and and I would wear a little hat. And I remember one time going to Home Depot. She said, "Do you have cancer?" And I said, "Yes." And she gave me a hug and she's like, oh, I had breast cancer too. And she started telling me about about it. And I was like, oh my God, you know, everywhere I'm going, people could tell that I'm, I have cancer. It was really hard. It was really hard yeah. on me. I'm sure it wasn't also like you felt weird, you know, going out in public like that because yes. you didn't want people to just notice. Exactly. And not only that, but the fear of the COVID oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it was and your, double. your immune system is like yes. so low that like you had to be, we had to be extra careful to be around you yeah for sure yes yes i did four months of chemotherapy and what helped with the side effects drinking a lot of water uh buying mouthwash that helps you get more saliva in your mouth mm -hmm. sucking on lollipops sucking on popsicles. Uh, popsicles uh we're using um coconut oil for your skin and now they tell you not to wear any chemicals because the chemicals act like carcinogens and and my breast cancer, it was uh, estrogen positive. So anything that I would put on my skin or that would that I would eat that act like estrogen, I had to be extra careful. So I wouldn't, I wasn't able to drink sodas anymore. I wasn't able to eat sugar anymore. You know, that my my limiting on my, my food made it even harder because you know you want a hamburger, but you're you're scared of eating it. 
So that fear that I had was just overwhelming me. There was two times that I had woken up during in the morning. I woke up and I just asked God, God, just take me away. I don't want to live. If I have to feel this way, I'd just rather die. And I just kept on waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up. And it just every day was horrible. And I remember one day I was sitting in my bed from the morning all the way to night in one position. And I remember you telling me like mom stop it i think you were so frustrated at seeing me just just seeing me sit there uh, and on in a daze just looking at the at the outside uh window but it was also because it was like covid so we couldn't go out we couldn't do anything so yes that was even more frustrating because it's yeah. like i wanted us to like you know go for a walk go outside go to the go beach do something mm-hmm. exactly and we, and, couldn't. And we couldn't so it was really frustrating it's like isolation yeah i think i really thank you for being there for me during that time for of cooking course. and cleaning and Beto for taking us to the beach a couple of times just to be able to get out and get some sun. And that was really helpful. So, yeah, I had to go through that for a total of four months. I know people probably think, oh, four months is nothing. But it, it but, feels longer. But it, you know what? Feeling that way so every single day, all day long, it makes it feel like eternity. Yeah, that's 120 days. 120 days is a lot. It is. Yeah. It is. So after the chemo, um, they went ahead and did a mastectomy. And the mastectomy, I decided for them just to remove both my breasts. And they went ahead and I put implants. They don't look the same anymore, of course. I have this. I have no nipples. Uh, I have a scar from from beginning to the end. I no longer look the same at all. But, I mean, I do have to tell you, they did an amazing job. They did. Because there's some that you look on Google and... Yes, it's horrible. They look really bad. But what was messed up was that you told the doctors that you wanted to get both of the breasts out, but then they did the... Lumpectomy. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. lumpectomy. For the first time. And they missed a piece. Yes, so what happened is they were asking me uh, what kind of surgery, either you get a lumpectomy, which they just cut the cancer out, or you get a mastectomy that they remove both breasts i wanted the mastectomy from the beginning i don't want to deal with this anymore i read that it decreases your chances of it coming back so i said okay go ahead and do the lumpectomy they did the lumpectomy and they called me back and say oh we're sorry you still have cancer we gotta do it again and that's the lumpectomy is a whole surgery like yes you you were fully almost recovered at this time yes and then you get the call that you have to do another surgery. Yes, wow. I was really upset. I was really disappointed. I said, listen, I said, now can I have my mastectomy done? You guys missed it. Yeah. So she's like, oh, yeah, now I do recommend getting a mastectomy. Now remember, now I have a fear of going through all of these surgeries. You get placed, you know, you get put down, you know, the fear of anesthesia. Some people just don't wake up. So now I have to go through all of these surgeries. And finally, I had the, the mastectomy. They removed both my breasts. They put something called the expander to expand my skin because I was completely flat-chested. So with time, they were filling it up with, um, with liquid until they're to a size that I'm comfortable with you know i don't it doesn't matter how nice they look now i have to see it every day when i shower and i'm still not happy with it but at this point i'm just happy that it's over and thank god that you know you're alive you made it you're a warrior yes 
I'm so, so proud of you. After the mastectomy, now I have to go to radiation. And that I have to go every single day. I think it was 38 rounds of radiation. And what is radiation? It's when they target your left, it was on my left breast, they target the exact tumor and they just burn it with radiation. And that wasn't so bad. Um, it did burn my skin. How long was that treatment that for? That was for 38, day, 38 sessions no, every single day. How For how long each session? Each session I had to lay there for maybe 30 to 45 minutes under a machine. Just lay there the just whole time? Just lay there and don't move with my arm all the way to my back. And then they just do what they have to do to your breast. So for 30 minutes, you're just laying there having it burn. Did it feel like it's burning? Like, did it feel hot? No, I didn't feel anything. It didn't feel like anything. It's just the next day, you kind of feel like a numbing sensation. Mm. Like a, your skin, you do see that it's burned. You're having to put like these special lotions on. That I have to do. I do have to say that it wasn't that bad for me, but I did get a frozen shoulder and I wasn't able to move my shoulder for, for months. I had to go get physical therapy to be able to move it. And I still have, I'd still lock sometimes today how does that feel the frozen shoulder you're unable to elevate it all the way up it gets stuck to a certain point so you can't lift up your hand all the way no no so that was my whole cancer journey and from there I also was trying to look for support groups and the support groups that I got on they were all online again because of covid I really wish it would have been, you know, face-to-face and meeting women and talking to them about their experience. So I was able to connect with some people online. And it was horrible because I kept running into people. I have stage four. I'm on hospice now. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah, it was really creeping me out. Yeah. I, I did not want to hear that. I wanted to hear people that were going through my same experience, mm-hmm. not a stage four and they're getting ready to, to die. There was a point where you were watching so many videos that it was just freaking you out even more and getting you more anxiety and more depressed because you weren't hearing really, like, hopeful stories. I was getting obsessed with these stories. I was finding good, you know, I I have to give it to some women. Some of the women were good stories. And some of them are bad. And uh, not too long ago, actually, there was this one lady that I was following that really helped me with my cancer journey. And she just passed away oh, recently, a couple months ago. Yes, That's... she was in Canada. Oh, um, she had breast cancer and it, a couple, I mean, years went by. She was young, like in her 20s when she first got her cancer. 20s? In her 20s. Are you kidding? I tried to get a mammogram because of, you know, your situation. I'm 28 and the doctors turned me turned me away. Yes, because they say that you're too young. So That's really sad. I really think that that's why I'm sitting here today with you because we need to bring breast cancer awareness to all ladies, to all ages. Um, especially in the Hispanic community, a lot of the women were very, older women are very embarrassed of showing their breasts and they refuse to go to the doctors. And sometimes they just wait until it's too late yeah for sure you know and so this but it's l- also not for women because men can get breast cancer yes, as well men can get breast cancer even though it's again. a low percentage because um as women we have a higher hormone um estrogen mm-hmm. and men have the testosterone they still have yes um estrogen as well yes so because they do all men produce it they do produce it they're also in risk of breast cancer Yes, absolutely. So yeah, it really sucks for women out there that are going through it. I understand what you're going through, what you feel. 
and we have to live with that fear every day that it might come back so some people will say well once you hit the five year mark you made it that's it you're cancer free no you're not cancer free come it could come back at six seven eight ten twenty years it could come back look at what happened to Olivia newton john she recently she got diagnosed over 20 years ago and just recently it came back and passed away no because of breast cancer. Wow. So this is this is the importance. Also, I want to bring awareness to these machines. Don't trust these machines. If that mammogram machine would have been able to pick it up at an early stage, I would have never been able to go. You know, through this through this horrible um, journey, it would have been caught early. Would have been taken out, and that's that. But here I am because of um, a mammogram that just didn't catch it. And also, if you do feel something, let your doctor know because just like how you did the, your mammogram, they, they didn't. Did pick See, it up yeah. they didn't pick exactly. it up exactly. you had to tell if it wasn't for you telling your doctor they probably would just been like oh no like you're fine go ahead exactly and, and then or if i would have said oh thank god it came back it's nothing and i would have just walked away yeah. i would have never i also want to thank uh beto for you know he's a male and he's the one that caught my cancer and even though he didn't say it in a very nice way of course and it was really scary i mean how awesome is that i really do believe that god put him in my in my life for this very reason yeah definitely so now that you're um cancer free dude how do you feel like like are you like in relief or are you like in i am fear? Relieved. i am relieved but I'm not gonna lie. I have to. I have to tell you that I live in fear every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about this horrible uh, journey. Just because I'm reminded by my battle wounds that I have on my body. Um, not only that, I have to worry about my my children. I have a daughter and a son, and I don't ever want them to go through something like this. I am the first one and only one in my our immediate family that has this. And you know, I just I just pray that it just never ever comes back again. Yeah, we, we all just pray have for faith. That. Have Faith, yes, and faith and be positive. I am, on, I am on high alert. I have to go in to see the doctor every three to six months and they check on my blood work. And unfortunately, when you have a mastectomy, they no longer give you uh, any machines that could detect the cancer coming back. I have to actually feel on myself to see if there's any changes going on. Yeah, and you check yourself every day, once a week. Or... I check myself every day. Yes, I check myself every day. I try not to. I try to remind myself not to do it because all I do is just freak myself mm-hmm. out but it's just it's just something that you're just so fearful and scared of you know once you've been through, down through that road you're I think I have PTSD because of all of this no, of course I think I think we all have PTSD from this yeah. just like you know like the other day when you said that you found a little you know a little lump again mm-hmm. that was just like it brought me back to that moment like oh my gosh like like again again like I don't want to I don't want us to experience this again. It's scary. It's it's traumatic. It's traumatizing. It is. So I did find something a couple days ago uh, on my left breast, and I'm just hoping that it's something that is you know doesn't feel like my like the first tumor does no, feel feels, like a little. It feels ball. like a lit, like a cyst, like a little cyst. I'm hoping mm. that it's maybe like a piece of fat or something. But I do have my appointment coming up on Halloween, and I'm just you know I'm just faithful and and trustworthy with God that it's gonna be nothing. Thing. Absolutely. Yes, we'll we'll all be praying for you. Thank you. Because this is the first time I find out about that. Yes. So I'm a little like yes. blown away by it now. God help me through this. I think if it wasn't for God and for His faithfulness and people praying for me and and we have a relative who's a pastor's wife and just 
praying, just trying to, to remain positive. And even though you feel really depressed and down, you know, you just have to have that faith in the higher power. Definitely um, a higher power. I, that helped me. Um, journaling. Journaling helped me. Mm-hmm. Watching Netflix helped me. Talking to people helped me. Crying helped me. I had to get on antidepressants. I just had to. Even though I, I didn't want to, I just had to. Just to get, you know, cut that, how do they call it? Just so it could just relieve me of my anxiety and stress. Even if it's for six months, you know, I was able to, to take it. And that did help me, even though I felt numb. But anything, anything that you could do to help, uh, do it. Do you feel like with this experience, it changed you as a person, like as a better person? Like you want to be more lovable. You want to focus on your health. Do you want to change your mindset? I think it was like before this experience, you were a totally different person. Yeah, you could say what it was. Go ahead and say what I was. <laughs> you were. Yeah, you were you a really were, different person. Go ahead you and were, say what I was. You were a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, and I'm not going to deny it, you know. Uh I didn't have a very nice childhood, I believe. And growing up without a mother and a father and feeling abandoned for so many years, you just got to toughen up and be that tough girl, you know, growing up. I think you were, you I were was a, bully. a bully. Yeah, yeah I was you a were bully. a bully. And I was a bully because, you know, this is a whole different topic that you we could talk about, you yeah. know. But think, Next growing episode. Up, <laughs> yeah, growing up in a, in a household that mom and dad ain't there. And you just got to toughen up because there's nobody there to tell you how to act or how to think or, how you know, I got to go to school and get picked on. I got to take care of myself. So, so many years I grew up being a bully and being mean and not really considered people's feelings. I really just considered myself's feelings. And fast forward, God allows me to have this illness and just spun me through a loop. I mean, I feel like I went through an actual tornado. I do believe that God allowed it. That's just my thinking. That's just my theory. God allowed this to happen to me to be a better person today. Mm -hmm. I do not see life the way it was before. Now I'm able to think back and think of all the things that I've done, all the bad things that I've said, uh, all the things that I missed because of my attitude. Now I think I'm more calmer. Now I'm able to smell the roses like they said. You know, you hear people say, you know, stop and smell the roses. You're like, what are they talking about? Stop and smell the roses. Now I really get to see and appreciate what I have have and what I don't have and smell the roses like they said and And just be present just be present at the moment I feel like when my kids were young I was always such in a rush that I never really stopped and appreciated now I try to stop and think back of what of what happened and you don't even remember because you're just so busy and focused on doing other things now I appreciate everything it's total life-changing It is life-changing for sure. But I think, you know, this experience just changed all of our lives for the better. I think we have a different perspective of life now. Mm -hmm. And for any, are there any resources that you can give for the women or men that do have breast cancer, like Facebook groups or um, different 
Uh, now I am on a medication called anastrozole. I have to take for 10 years. There's Facebook groups on there uh, for any medication that you're on now. You could Google. I'm sorry, you could type the word of the medication and there's groups in there for that. There's also something called pink hugs uh, that are also a breast support group. There's I have a friend who's called Marty's Trust here in San Diego who's also offering support. Susie Jean Coleman uh, gives you $500 a year. If you're able to uh, just provide a letter uh, to Susan G. Susan G. Coleman, they're able to give you um, funds for you. Uh, there's church. We ha we attend church. Any church that you go to, um, I'm sure there's always prayer groups. Yes, prayer and groups. And I think that is really important. Yes, and not you know do. I know there's some people out there that don't believe, mm -hmm. and whatever it is that you believe, the Buddha, the whatever you're Catholic, Christian, the whatever Allah, it is that you whatever yeah yes go ahead and 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 believe in your higher power for sure. And, and and there there's me. If there's people out there that want to reach out to me, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to, to help. And for that info, you can contact us via Instagram at Real Exotic Conversations. Thank you for having me, ladies. Thank We're you for happy. joining us. And, and, and sharing your, yeah. your experience because I know this is not easy. No, it's not easy. It, it, it brings back the horrible memories. But I'm just so thankful for you, what your ladies are doing, bringing awareness out there to women and men. Yeah, and I'm just happy to help in any way that I can. Thank you so much once yes, again. Thank you. This is Sassy. And Mickey. And JJ. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify at Real Exotic Conversations. We're now on Apple Podcasts. And um, link is in bio as well. To be continued.